also in our best. I'm titling it worst and best because it's just more catchy for somebody to click on it than saying our least favorite or our favorite. But that's one thing I wanted to put out there is that this is clearly like just our least favorites that we saw this year. We're not necessarily saying these are terrible movies to anybody because we, we know people that love terrible movies. So maybe you enjoy these, but... Uh, of course, joining me as usual to end this year, Mr. Nicholas Chickenwood. Howdy, everyone. Uh, happy 2022. Yes, Happy New Year. And this is being recorded January 2nd, so if there's edits that are put in, it would be because somebody decided to record their worst of the year, and I'll edit them in later. But there's been more calls that they're going to do their best, not their worst, so... Maybe they didn't see enough bad ones like we kind of ended up doing. Uh, so, yeah, you were telling me a little bit earlier about how you felt about how this year went. Yeah, um, it wasn't necessarily a bad year. Actually, like you said, the year ended really well, and it started out really slow. Yeah. But um, I just didn't get to a lot of movies because of uh-huh. it being on – streaming services that I either didn't have or didn't get to or it not being in our theater at all and not going yeah. out on DVD. So there was a ton that I just wanted to let you guys know that aren't going to be on here that probably should be on there. Well, and I would also argue that you probably yourself probably could do like anything involving TV because I know you watch way more television shows than me because I just keep saying the piles just keep building because yeah. there's so much good te- television. Maybe that's why I don't get to yeah. any movies. That's, that's a good point. But to be fair, a lot of people are actually saying the television shows are doing better yeah. because there's this whole thing about you were lo- like your career was going like downward spiral if you went from the silver screen to the small screen. But so many actors have now transitioned from film to television now and they're actually doing better projects now it like so finding like great shows and worse shows probably would be more of a challenge for you <laughs> so but yeah uh, as I stated as he said I was looking through uh, the movies that I saw this year and I was like wow I'm putting so many more on that I did not like <laughs> and then when it got to like the August and then especially, like, the later part, like September, November, and especially this last month, December, it really skyrocketed with really great films. But we're not talking about those. We're talking about the ones that we could not either stand, you know, ones that we were just disappointed with, or just overall. Um, and you Basically, know, or could be something extremely repetitive. Yeah. Is it possible that any of these that could have been so bad they were good, but... We'll see. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to give you the reins on what was your number 10 worst. I'm going to go through a couple of honorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions first. Also, I want to get out there. If we ever somehow are the same, we will just both do our full thousand. And most of these we don't even have reviews of, so this basically counts as our review. Yeah. So that disclaimer out of the way, you're not that I'm going to dishonorable talk about them a lot, but yes. Um, so... Uh, I have six dishonorable mentions. There's Wrong Turn. Never saw it. I think it was, 
pretty sure it's the remake because it, it, it didn't have a number connected. Reboot, remake, it didn't have a number connected to it, but it was bad. Uh-huh. The Adam Family 2. I never saw that. I heard awful, I mean, awful things. If <laughs> you've seen the first one, you've, then you've seen the second one. Uh, I, I, but I heard it's worse. It is, yeah. Uh, another one is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Again, one I did not see. Oh, I didn't really care for the first one, so I had no. This was worse. <laughs> um, another one, it was kind of tossed up between an okay and a bad for me. It was old. Yeah, that's... I, that, that, I'm going to say that is on my dishonorable mentions, too. Uh, it was just so 50-50 yeah. for me. And I even said that in our review. Like, I really liked some things, but then I really didn't like others. Yeah. yeah that's almost kind of, I don't know, it's, it was all over the place. Um, another one is Coming to America 2. I never watched it, but I wasn't hearing favorable things. Oh. I was like, I, I really liked the first yeah. one, so. Yeah, stick with the first one. This one was, shouldn't have been made, unfortunately, because I do like the actors that were in it. And another, my last one would be Tom and Jerry. I'm not saying anything for okay. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what is your starting? Number 10 is uh, a movie I didn't have a lot of hopes for going in, but I was like, oh, you know, I'll give it a, I'll check it out. And that was Snake Eyes. Nope. I never even saw it. Um... I thought it looked terrible, but I didn't even like the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah, it's... And I suspected in the trailer, I was like, that's the last shot of the movie, isn't it? He puts on the fucking mask, doesn't he? Yeah, it was one of those trailer gives away a lot of things yeah. movies, but basically it was your typical other, the two, other two G.I. Joe movies, and the, this one is the same exact thing, but they added Kung Fu to it, and not enough of that. I thought it was pretty cool fighting scenes. Not enough of it made this movie worth seeing. So, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, I heard that the fighting sequences, while they could be good, they were shot awful. Yeah, well, and a lot of it looked pretty fake, so yeah. It, uh, did he, did, uh, what's his name, add anything to Snake Eyes? Because I heard that Ray Parker still is actually Snake Eyes. Yeah, he... Nothing against him. Yeah, Ray Parker was, is still Snake Eyes, it... This shouldn't have been made, well, which is a lot of these movies shouldn't have been made to me, but Snake Eyes is definitely my number 10. I would not recommend seeing it. Well, it also did not make a whole lot of money, so no. it would not go. <laughs> uh, so, my, uh, I'll go through my dishonorable mentions. Uh, you mentioned one which was old, um, Army of the Dead. Uh, again, I, I liked Batista in it, yeah. but... Zack Snyder should not do absolutely everything because it was sh- the cinematography that he was behind was it was horrible to watch. I couldn't stand that, and it was just too long. Um, I thought Spiral was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, I liked Chris Rock, but other than that, I really didn't get much out of it. it wasn't a horribly made movie, but. Um, <laughs> Something I never thought I would say. Uh, I had two movies that were in contestant to to almost get into my top ten worst, and they both involved Ryan Reynolds, and that was Free Guy and Red Notice. Just because the more I thought about those films, I was like, yeah, Ryan needs to take a break, and he apparently is. So, um, another one I was kind of disappointed with because I just. 
just didn't know how to feel about with the characters. That's Don't Breathe 2. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's it for my honorables. Uh, because both, I, I knew for both of my lists what were my number 10s because I knew they were going to be there for a certain reason. Number 10 for my worst of the year. And I am putting a caveat on this saying because it belongs here, but it was one of the most entertaining films that I watched this year, and that's House of Gucci. <laughs> mm. um, I was I was like halfway with this film going in because I was like, I don't know, this isn't this is Ridley Scott's second movie this year, and it's like the latest attempt at him at adapting a real life thing, and I was iffy going in, but the cast was giant and really good had a lot of pedigree uh if you were walking into this thinking you were seeing the godfather you were actually seeing a telenovela with big budget (laughs) because the accents the acting was just cringeworthy sometimes but and i i will at least say that i think adam driver left with the most respect out of this and then probably Lady Gaga because she just had to have a lot of different emotions going on but Jerry Hirons didn't even care to try an accent um, Al Pacino was kind of going in and out and I'm like yeah dude you're I don't want to say this but because you were just in the Irishman but you may want to look at holding them up um and I know that he gets talks for different reasons, but Jared Leto was the most entertaining thing in this for the wrong reason. Because when I was telling people, his accent was, it's me, Mario. They thought I was joking, and I played them a clip from my phone, and they were like, what? This is an Academy Award winning actor. I'm like, oh yeah, just because you have an award doesn't mean you can't do this. Now, if he's up for Best Supporting Actor, I am going to immediately just almost lose it. And if he somehow were to win, <laughs> I'm going to look at the Academy and say, did Italy offend you? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, another problem I had was, you know, it was two and a half hours, so I started to feel that. But, I mean, I can't deny that the theater we were in were laughing. But there was one specific part I really laughed at, and that was the, probably the most awkward part in the movie. The sex scene? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, depending on what is said in our best, uh, I won't say here. Uh, but, yeah. My uh, number 10, House of Gucci. Your number 9? Number 9 is a movie I really didn't know anything about. And I actually just recently watched it because, I, because um, it just got talked about by everybody about being in the worst and reviews and all that kind of stuff. And that was uh, Dear Evan Hansen. I didn't bother to see this. Um, not something I would normally watch, but uh, it had uh, Julianne Moore and uh, Amy Adams. And Amy Adams has been 50-50 lately. Amy had a bad year. Yeah. Um, but uh, that Ben Platt, I think, is his name. I guess it was the first one of this that did amazingly well. Well, it's, and it's based off of a musical, right? Yeah, and it won Tony Grammys. 
supposed to be about the chaos and uh, cruelties of the social media age. And I'm like, well, I've seen this and I've heard all this stuff. And I just, it did not connect with me. I was really bored with it. Um, I, I heard that he should not have even been the actor playing it no. because he's too old. Yeah. He's like 15 years old. Yeah. Than a, yeah. 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 And then, like I said, going into it, I was pretty blind. But I was like, well, I got to check it out because I got to I gotta get up my worst up the bar here. So... <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but you're, yeah. You're probably going to have some on your worst because you're like, I need to go see this <laughs> because it's probably going to be on my worst, and yet I, again, was never involved in the decisions of these, so yeah, yeah. I never know whether to thank you or say, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, that's your number nine? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, as soon as you said that off the bat, I knew that we did not uh, put these on the same. Uh, my number nine, I thought the previous film had some good things in it but it kind of lost its way towards the end and then i was like well let's see how this one does and can it pick it up again not really uh that was halloween kills (laughs) well um are you gonna oh yeah (laughs) okay uh so yeah uh this was oddly enough i could say this uh, I will say this about something that actually would appear much later. Um, probably some of the stupidest dialogue and character decisions ever put this year on film. I just, I don't know what they're going for anymore. Because to me, the last one, uh, Halloween 2018, um, made it seem like it was just kind of going more like the grounded, you know, kind of realism kind of way and focusing on the traumatic thing of Laurie Strode. And then this one comes along and starts to involve other things involving supernatural, like what is Michael Myers now and stuff like that. And I mean, to me, that's just the... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, the Achilles heel of this franchise is because people that love this franchise like certain things about the way that it went and the way that it didn't went. And that was either like the grounded realism of like the first one, which is a classic, or the weird supernatural thing, which oddly enough, one of those I'm actually a big fan of. So I'm kind of like, so who are you trying? It feels like they're trying to appease to everybody, and they're just coming off confused. Uh, the only reason why though it didn't fall lower to me is that there were some pretty good gruesome kills in this. I'll at least give it that. But uh, I, I now know I have to see Halloween ends to see if, and I'm like, okay, is this the Titanic or <laughs> am I going to miraculously be saved by the third one? <laughs> But we know one person we know enjoyed it, so. Uh, <laughs> one of our many that were there. I don't even remember how many people were there, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're number eight. Number eight, I believe, was strictly Netflix. And that was Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson's Reminiscence. HBO Max. Was it HBO Max? Yes. Okay, well, that was strictly, strictly HBO Max. And. And uh, I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> The um, premise of it looked 
so they get into people's minds and try to figure out how somebody disappeared, how somebody got killed. Um, but to me, it was a confusing mixture of sci-fi and noir. And I don't, I love both actors, don't get me wrong. But this movie was all over the place. Uh, I thought the writing was terrible. And to me, they, neither of them looked like they were even trying this movie. And yeah, I did not enjoy it at all. I said, can't talk right now. Um, my number eight was one that I was actually very surprisingly intrigued, especially after the trailer, because I was like, hey, maybe they'll do this actually some kind of justice and be the best, you know, of this genre that tries to be good and is always terrible. No, I was kind of let down, and then the theater experience did not help it. All and that's Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. um, I thought that the first, well, probably ten minutes of this movie was actually very awesome. Like that intro of Scorpion and Sub Zero, of course, two of the most popular characters, almost done like justice-wise as far as a backstory, especially with Scorpion. I thought that was very good. I thought the action choreography was pretty well handled. It's right after that, it starts to do a hard nosedive because we are then introduced to characters that I don't give two shits about, really. Other than Kano, he was probably the most entertaining person there. But uh, I can't even remember most of their characters' names because I just did not really give a shit about them. But the one you did got killed off really quick. Exactly. Um, uh, what's the guy with the hat? Oh, well. Come out. And, of course, he, like, had, like, the biggest fatality in the whole fucking movie. And as soon as that happens, they kill him off. And I'm like, are you fucking shitting? And, I mean, I've heard some people going back and forth with this, but I was like, where was the tournament? And people I've heard argue saying, well, their whole thing is to stop the tournament from happening. That's been points of the game. I'm like, well, I'm not a game expert, but I feel like you do do a tournament system wise in the game, don't you? And not only that, the biggest letdown to me was the fight choreography after that. I thought it was quick cut because they knew they couldn't choreograph it well. I know I'm never going to get always John Wick, but (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah, so... For the mere 10 minutes that I thought was actually very good and actually excellent, that's why it didn't fall over. And the theater experience was dreadful, and I hated it. Definitely on the top three worst, no doubt. Uh, Your number seven? Number seven, um, keep in mind I fell asleep halfway through this movie, but I did finish it. Um, The new Boss Baby. You watched that? Yeah.
or something like that. Jeez, I, but, yeah. I rented some stuff that was like five bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I waited and was like, well, I'm not, definitely not going to pay five bucks to watch this. But oh, yeah, these were, those were probably ones I actually definitely wouldn't mind paying. So Another that I kind of overheard people chatting about it being bad. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. But yeah, nothing else to say about it. Terrible. Um, they're probably going to make another one. But yes. well, I think they have a Netflix show. I'm confused what they're doing with it. I, although, I don't know. I don't know. Was Alec Baldwin in this? Yes. I don't know. He's kind of he's he's going through some stuff. I don't know if he'll be involved in the next one anytime soon. This is a hot water. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, now, my number seven uh, <laughs> was one that I was very intrigued, but I was also kind of like, there's only been one good film in this so far. I don't know what you're going to say. Because <laughs> I, think, I think it's not my next one, actually. Well, if it is, you can combine <laughs> it. Um, uh, and after I watched it, I was like, wow, there still is only one good one, and that's uh, The Kingsman. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I just was like, this feels like it had four different writers because the tone was so all over the place because uh, it would have like these like kind of dramatic kind of like character things with Ray Fiennes and his son but then like this fucking weird over the top Rasputin which the monk? yeah Rise Ivans which I actually thought he was the most entertaining thing in this yeah (laughs) and as soon as he's gone Boom, it took a nose to laugh. You made me laugh. Um, there also is like this whole, you know, mystery about who's the big villain. And I was like, I fucking know who it is. As soon as I saw this actor, I knew he was the bad yeah, guy. You could tell in his voice, too. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't want to throw shade on the actor, but the guy who played how he was written, Ray Finds His Son, I, I didn't really get to know him. And I didn't really care much for him when you can then compare him to Eggsy. Yeah. Who then is put into, like, another film, and it's, like, it's still bad because everything around him is bad. And apparently they were working on the next one. But I don't know. This one did not – it was not doing well critically, and it wasn't doing well box office. I mean, there was barely even anybody – at us, but there was one other film playing at the time, so maybe it didn't help. Um, but I, I just was like, man, this, this, this should have just been one movie because now it has two pretty bad ones. So. I, agree. I agree. Yeah, uh, kind of a letdown, but wow. I believe that was actually the last movie we saw in theaters yeah. of the year. Yeah, was. So yeah, closing our year with something. That's exactly what I said when I got home. I was like, wow. Uh, okay, well, you're number six. So, um... I guarantee it's not tied with me. Um, so there have been... I think this is technically the sixth or seventh movie in this franchise. Definitely not. And it's based on a video game franchise that's incredible. And that'd be Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I did not get to see this because... Oh, oh, well, you need to, but... Well, again, it just falls under that whole thing of, yeah, this is apparently bad, so I have to go see it, but then there was, like, other...
other stuff that were out or, you know, couldn't go there. This was, I will give it this, okay? <laughs> this was the most try-hard attempt at becoming a video game adaptation that people would connect with. Okay. Because it did have some things in it that were cool, but the acting was horrific. The anime, the animation, a lot of kind of stuff I think was meant to be bad, but if it wasn't, holy crap. Because it was based on the, the first and second game. So if they're basing it off of that and what it looked like then, they're trying to make it look like that now, then okay, I get it. But yeah, they set up for at least two more. Because I think it's going to be a trilogy, if I had to guess. And there were certain things that happened that pissed me, more so probably Garen. But I, I, I don't remember the first two as much as he does. But they basically switched something that was actually supposed to happen and did it another way, I guess, to appeal to younger crowds, which is his Resident Evil movie. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was just really bad. Uh, I thought he said Karen even liked it. He did. But there were certain so, things, like, he said, oh, that, that, w- that wasn't supposed to happen, you know, uh-huh. like it wouldn't happen in the video game. But, yeah, it, I, it I, probably would have been higher had it not, you know, shown certain things. I was like, oh, okay. But well, it was bad. see, though, I was hearing that this little one was just as a big of an insult because the characters yes, were specific characters yes. not at all like them like the biggest one i kept hearing was leon yeah like they made him a full-blown i'm sorry i'm gonna use this word bitch yeah he was a, he was a puss yeah and i mean they're like you can look past the fact that he's not a white guy but you made him <laughs> just because he's Leon's a badass, and they, yeah, that's they, they completely reversed his role. And yeah, I, I didn't even know that's who that was at the beginning because he was such a puss. And I'm like, I, don't they like look directly? This is another thing I yes. cause I didn't say. Did, don't they look directly at the camera and say their name? Yeah, they're like, yeah, you know, yeah. But it's whenever it comes out, it's worth a watch. That's all I'm gonna say. I, then it could be the only time you ever watch it. It just there's something about it that See, it's just gonna make you laugh your ass off. Well, and you know you're talking about like their effects and stuff. Oddly enough, I'm pretty sure that's actually where the bulk of their budget went. Mm. So <laughs> I, I mean they did not have a high budget it <laughs> at all. Sucked too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I. So my number six, and as soon as I wrote it down and I looked that it was next, I was like, I know that he has not seen this, because I only watched this because I felt obliged to watch it and obligated, because of a certain other person that we know in the group. And that's Kissing Booth 3. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I did not watch that. Uh, If you don't recall, Kissing Booth 2 made it on my worst of the year last year. I think it actually was number three. So here's a positive. A step up. <laughs> um, the biggest compliment I can give this is I liked that they actually resolved that the main relationship did not work. Because these characters should not have been together. It was a constant just bickering and understanding and just not talking about anything. Um, however, on the then flip side, 
the relationship also that is in the other half that clearly should not have worked somehow ended up together because they needed some kind of positivity here. Um, but just so many characters, especially the main uh, girl that's involved with this, a woman, um, she's just not likable. And she makes choices that I'm just like, why? And it's just, uh, I mean, I can say, you know, this is not Fifty Shades. This is not 365 Days. Do you realize how low of a bar, though, that is? <laughs> to not be that, um, I would say there's only one other relationship that I've ever seen that is, like, close to that. And I, st- and I did not watch that film this time, which was in the After series. No, I don't even know. It's uh, called something weird. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, I am just happy that it seems like that they're done with the Kissing Booth movies, but I'm also just mad that it's the most viewed Netflix series, well, trilogy, on the platform, because that to me, again, coming from somebody like me, is saying this is probably not the best thing (laughs) for relationships to emulize. But what the fuck do I know about that? Well, cracking into the top five now. So what's that for you, Mr. Nickers Chicken? And yet we have yet to be the same. Yeah, I'm not sure we will be. Um, I think it's more more uh, evident when maybe we get to our best. But number five is one I just watched on Disney Plus. Like this one. <laughs> I don't know why. I saw that the boy from Jojo Rabbit was in it. Oh. And I, I was like... To, I have to be quiet. I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. I mean, there was like, what, five other ones? The first two, then the three, and then whatever, four, five, and six maybe have been released on... Not theater, just straight to DVD. But I hadn't seen any of those, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot, whatever. And good God. Well, I can already just go ahead and tell you, uh, the fourth, the first three were released in theaters. Yeah. Fourth was a, was a, t- was, uh, directed DVD. The fifth one was a made for TV movie. And then this one is made for Disney plus. <laughs> um, so it, it was like a really, really, really bad B movie version of Home Alone. There was... No heart, no passion. I feel like nobody was trying. Um, this didn't feel like a Home Alone movie to me. I don't know what they were hell they were going for. Uh, as far as the what, what would you call them traps set? I mean, yeah. And none of them really you know, jumped out to me. They were kind of here, there, and everywhere. But yeah, it was really bad. I don't. <sighs> really no redeeming qualities to this movie at all. I guess my only question would be is how did it only make your five? Well, I guess I'll find out. Yeah, there are four worse ones to me. I don't know how. Again, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so starting off my top, my number five is 
again, yep, uh, continuing a franchise that the fir- the first one was groundbreaking as far as like what it did for you know the cinema and stuff. Then the next two were kind of okay, what? <laughs> and then we wait. I think it was twenty some years. The trailer for this comes out, and I'm actually, actually a little bit excited. I liked the way that it looked. I liked what it seemed like it was going for. And even though, even the first one to me is like not as high regarded for me personally now. Although I still find some things I like. This. Resurrections. <laughs> Why is it number five, though? Because I don't honestly. I really don't know what they're going for now. Because, um, and I'm just gonna ask: Did you watch this? Yes. Okay. Are you gonna talk about it later? No. <laughs> okay. It was okay. Um, because my whole thing was. They seem like that they're trolling, that they're they're being like almost Deadpool, breaking the fourth wall, like saying like, yeah, our parent company Warner Brothers, they they drop their name in here, is telling us we need to make a tr- you know a fourth one, with you or without you. Okay, so I started to feel like okay, so is this trying to be a meta commentary thing, and then. Everything that they basically make fun of, you know, blockbuster action movies nowadays, it just does it themselves. Um, and another big thing to me is that the fight sequences were pretty bad. Like, shot choreography-wise, I couldn't really tell what was going on. Um, and even though I like the people they got to be replacements... They were not as charismatic in the first one, and charismatic actually is not a phrase I use a whole lot for the Matrix because I found them wooden most of the time. Um, and I mean, I see people like online like saying like, "Oh, this is Lana Wachowski's like love letter to the fans and stuff." Unless you know her or have talked to her, that's the only way you can justify that. Because when I watched some interviews with her. She does not look like that this was a love letter. It looks like she was either forced to do this or it is kind of like the whole Titanic thing again. Well, they're going to drive it into the ground, so I might as well. Um, I mean, I thought the only kind of interesting thing in it was the relationship aspect between Neo and Trinity, but... That also did not have a snuff staying power because they're also not really a couple I care much for. Um, and Jada Pinkett Smith had probably some of the worst makeup I've seen this year. I did not believe that was her at all. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I just, uh, it, the reason why it falls into five is just I don't know what they're going for. And if they are trying to continue this, 
Oh boy. Uh, I don't know if I want to have another homework assignment. Probably ten years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> He's done shooting as John Wicks. Still way more of a badass than Neo. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you're number four now. And my number four is a... And I know it's not a tie because you had said this one previously. Oh. Uh, this is a sequel to a movie that came out 25 years ago that I absolutely loved. Huh. Not the greatest movie ever, but it meant a lot to me as a kid. And I knew this was coming out, and I knew they got a new player to play the star role. Now I know who, and, and I can't uh, say anything. Uh, my number four is Space Jam New Legacy. Um, okay, well... Um, I wasn't so scared that they got LeBron to play it, but I knew he hadn't acted before. And it kind of showed. Other than Trainwreck? Oh, well, I mean, I never saw Trainwreck, I guess. So, But um, outside of LeBron's, I guess you would call it best efforts to act, um, I don't. Uh, I thought they pretty much made a joke out of the first one. This had nothing to do with anything than the first one. A completely different movie. Um, the tunes, you know, sometimes they said something that may, might have made me snicker a little bit, but other than that, I did not enjoy this. Uh, it was really hard to get through, and, and again, I hate saying that. I wish they would have not made the movie and just got the first one, you know, as a standalone, but you know, money talks, and I don't know if this did make a lot of money. Sure, it did make pretty decent money because it's the name Space Jam. Um, but just all the stuff, all the good stuff in the first one, none of that was in this one, and it really big disappointment for me. <laughs> as your dishonorable mentions uh, and that's because this is involves something that I, wa- that I was a big fan as a kid of and as I got older I actually became more of a fan and it's actually now one of my comedy staples that I go to and I put, and I put this right there with Three Stooges or Slapstick and every time there's a film, somewhat adaptation, it doesn't need to happen because you can't turn this into a movie, and that's Tom and Jerry. Um, and the reason, and the reason why I put it higher is because I just feel like that this is always being an insult to Tom and Jerry because it just feels like that they're only going off of their name to like you know sell the movie when they're barely fucking involved with it because it's not even about them. It's about Chloe Grace Moretz and also with her character not even being, like, at all likable. Uh, And just character decisions and just things that happen around Tom and Jerry and they're not the focus. Now, when they are the focus, there is probably, like, a chuckle or two because it's still Tom and Jerry done kind of well. But there's just no reason for them to be in this. It's just they're putting it in there to sell the movie. And 
it always hurts me more to watch a comedy that is not funny than, you know, like a stale action movie. Because I'm like, I know comedy is subjective, but gosh, it hurts more when it's bad to me. And I just hate seeing characters that I believe are definitely icons just being used for their name. But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, wasn't great. And you're number three, and I know it's not the same as mine. My number three, I do believe this was a Netflix movie. And I saw the co-stars in this, and I was like, they've kind of been 50-50 lately. Um, but the movie was called Thunder Force. Yeah, I did not purposely watch this. Well, it's about Carthy and Octavia Spencer. You know, they can be really good, but they can also be really bad. And I, I don't feel like Octavia was as bad as Melissa McCarthy was in this, but... All I ever need to see is that it's Melissa McCarthy and her husband directed it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I... Was a comedy about... Actually, it's more so super villains. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't ever exciting or funny. I know they, really, they tried really hard for it to be funny, but it was never really funny. Um, uh, basically, um, I think it was a waste, another waste of their talents. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about it. They, I feel like they're they trying. Well, I know a talent that was ruined in this, but you haven't said it, and that's Corey Taylor. Oh, yeah. He did the soundtrack. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I didn't know that, but now mm-hmm. you say it. Uh, thunder, thunder, thunder force. <laughs> I only know that I only know that because of what I heard. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was... Another thing, it was, it was one of, another one of those feminist movies. Okay, well, it shoved me in your face. Yes. Yeah. I have no problem with it. That some of the time, but it's literally shoving in your face the whole movie, and I hate that. So, Thunder Force is my number three. Yeah, I mean, it's just we, we clearly know that Melissa and Octavia have talent, but whenever Melissa works with her husband, it's always pretty much garbage. <laughs> um, my number three is one that you had mentioned earlier, uh, whereas. The Matrix Resurrection was both confusing, but had at least some interesting ideas in it. Reminiscence was boring and just uninspired to me. I was watching it on HBO Max, and at one point I paused the movie because I was like, how far are we into this? Because... I don't feel like I know Hugh Jackman's character. I don't feel like I know Rebecca Ferguson's character. I paused it. It was halfway through. And I'm like, are you shitting me? I know nothing about these people. Um, Hugh looked like he was sleepwalking through most of it. Um, I The only reason why it's higher up than my bottom two is because... It was at least shot nice. Yeah. I, and I thought, like, the concept of, like, the whole, like, flooded city kind of looked cool. It just 
to me, didn't really feel like it added something to it because, you know, people were still kind of going through their lives like normal. Um, and, I mean, if you – if I know that it was uh, directed by a woman that was involved with Westworld. Yep. I'll at least give her this. She can make women look attractive because Rebecca Ferguson looked the best that she ever has. But I know she also has talent, so she was wasted here. I mean, yeah, I I barely even finished this because I was just so disinterested. Um, clearly, noir and sci-fi can work together. Some of the greatest are Blade Runner, just as an example. Um, but when you don't write compelling characters or people that you care about, it is dull and your ideas fall flat and boring. So yeah, uh, obviously I did not enjoy this more movie more, so. <clears throat> it sucked. Uh, you're number two, and I know this is not tied, because <laughs> no, number I'm two is a, a movie that came out way earlier than I believe it was in March, and knew nothing about it, but I've been hearing it was a lot of people's works, and it was another Bruce Willis movie. Okay, yep, I've not watched um, Bruce Actually, Frank Grillo was in it too. Mm-hmm. So, the movie was called Cosmic Sin. Okay, I've heard of it. And it's basically set in like 2554 or something like that. And it's 500 years after humans started to colonize planets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And these guys... We're like, oh, so the, the space is ours. We're not going to have any enemies or any, any trouble. And here comes an alien fleet, you know, like always. We've seen it however millions of times before. But the there was stuttering from a couple of the actors and times where you could tell they were reading off of the scripts. Like you could literally, you could literally see their eyes doing this as they were talking. <laughs> so I was like, okay. On a one to ten scale of trying, was Bruce Willis above a two? No. <laughs> he had to get in that really heavy looking suit. So was it? It reminded me of Mass Effect. Was it a practical suit? Or was it CGI? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was practical. I mean, it wow. looked like it, but the, the pieces looked like they were like plastic. I mean, yeah. But I mean, because I'm like, I don't think I've seen like a practical space flight suit or something like that that's supposed to be metal ever since Iron Man 2. And basically, so it was really, really, really bad. And there's been a lot of those kind of movies that have been really bad, but this is, I think this takes the cake is the worst space movie I've ever seen. And, um, I, saying a lot. I hate to say it, but the slump that Bruce Willis is in right now. You mean that he's been in? Yeah. And it just... This movie was dreadful, and it was a, like a sci-fi blunder, and I just feel like I don't know if it's just really, 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 really attempting to get bad roles, or just nobody will, you know, cast him anymore. Well, I don't know what it is, but it was really bad. It, it's like this, this weird thing that uh, Bruce and Nicolas Cage were always kind of put in like the same kind of box of how many films they were doing but at least Cage has had like a resurgence yeah I mean he's still like been a part of like bad movies but Bruce has been like 
I don't know, like, in things that don't make an impact or irrelevant or something that just came out at the wrong time because of what was happening, which was Death Wish, which, you know, involved, you know, vigilante shooting people, and then there were massive shootings right before that. I, I don't know. I don't know why he just either, if he's not into this anymore... I don't know why he keeps doing it other than the paychecks. Because he just seemed like he doesn't want to be there. But I already know that's where she was now, so that's why I stay away. When I saw that he did a movie with, and I don't want to be too disrespectful to him, 50 Cent, (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's a cash grab. (laughs) And you know, funny enough, Speaking of cash grabs, my number two. It's a movie you previously mentioned not too long ago. Uh, but I have higher up, and you know what the funny thing is? I don't hold that first one in high regard anymore. And that's Space Jam 2, New Legacy. So, yes, just like you, I grew up with the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan and the Tunes. I watched it a whole lot as a kid because I liked the Looney Tunes. I liked Michael Jordan. Why wouldn't I love this? And then I got to that point in my life that I always now use as the time I finally developed a brain. (laughs) And I was like, wow, uh, things from my childhood really don't hold up. And that's one of them. Um, Now, I will concede that it's a perfect time capsule for that year of what was going on. Um, but if you tell me to critique Space Jam, uh, there's so many flaws. Uh, Michael is not a good actor. There's probably like a few pretty good funny lines that I'll also admit, at least admit if it hits me, I will say them. <laughs> And I mean, that says something. This, I, this is the longest commercial I have ever seen because this is just Warner Brothers just shoving their product in our face. And if you want to see more of it, go on HBO Max. Um, as you stated about LeBron, as I stated, yeah, he was in Trainwreck. And I actually thought he had good comedic timing. That was like my biggest surprise about Trainwreck is that I thought he actually was funny. I mean, John Cena was funny too, but we, we both know John Cena can be funny. He's an athlete, and he's being funny. Um, this, it's like, no, there was nothing there. Like, he was just stilted. And they took the great Don Cheadle who is a great actor still, and turned him into, like, some kind of android robot that was, like, trying to be, like, the whole hip kind of thing, and it just came off as cringy and awkward. But the biggest thing that always got to me was Porky Pig's rap. (laughs) As soon as that happened, I wanted to turn this off, because... That felt like we just stepped back, I think, as you said, like 20 years ago. Um, If you put both of these together, Space 
Jam and Space Jam Legacy. Space Jam surprisingly will have things that you at least remember, like when you're older. Like how I said, like I can remember certain dialogue or something like that. The only thing I'm gonna take away from Space Jam: New Legacy is probably the cleverest moment, and that was putting uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote in Mad Max Fury Road. That person in that room at the time was a fucking genius. <laughs> but other than that, no. I... You didn't like Rick and Morty? Okay, for like, what, no, I mean, a yeah. few seconds they were there? Yeah. And that did not make your worse. So, what was worse than Bruce Willis? Well, not giving a shit. This is probably going to shock you and probably a lot of people. And I already know it's not. Um, it was on your earlier on your list. I think it was towards the bottom. But for me, this is I think the movie that the most out of all of them should have never been made. That would be Halloween Kills. Wow. I have had this, been against this, this movie since I saw it. it I'm, I'm just tiny bit surprised. And I will explain. Um, like I said, first of all, it should have never been made. Secondly, it was only made, and they come out and said this, because they wanted to bring back old characters and kill them off. Mm-hmm. That is retarded. The kills, okay, there was like one or two that were you know, decent, but this movie got dumber and dumber as the time went on. It was dumb at the beginning, it was even dumber towards the end. Then when they, the group of them at the end tried to hurt, thought they killed him and just let him, the mob, and let him lay there, I'm like, okay, but they could have taken two or three snippets from this movie, maybe not even that, maybe one, and put it in the Halloween Ends. And that this movie didn't even have to exist. There was nothing in this movie that needed to be done. They could have just put Lori in the hospital and then ends, and we literally would have lost nothing. There was nothing in this movie that was... Maybe some of the flashbacks, okay, they were kind of cool, but I just thought for what they were going for, I thought it was really stupid, and it made no sense. I thought it was dumb, and it was worse than freaking one three years ago. That's saying something. So, yeah, Halloween Kills is my number one. And it has been for, what, two or two months since it's been out? It came out in October. October, yeah. So much I longer hate, than that. I hated this movie. Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll uh, keep the pattern going on. You know, our number ones that the previous person mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, like, how are you... Looked and kind of sounded. It just hit. It, it hit a certain spot for you. This did the same thing, um, and that is Home Sweet Home Alone, where Space Jam Two: New Legacy felt like a giant commercial trying to sell me shit. This felt like it was. Uh, it was somebody that just decided to dig up a corpse. Because it was a famous person, spit on them, and then 
dare to train to change the whole outline of the thing because the biggest issue I had with this is number one, the kid who is also in Jojo Rabbit, one of the most unlikable characters I've ever seen written, and you completely just shift the dynamic of him and the burglars because I'm actually more rooting for the burglars in this one. I shouldn't be saying this because they're like they're about to lose their home. They have kids. They believe that I don't even remember. He's not even going by Kevin. Max. Max stole a doll that apparently that they found out is like worth I don't know two hundred thousand dollars. With and I think like that can save their home. I'll get to that real quick. Uh, and then you mentioned the traps in this one. And this is not something that I had thought about until probably a few weeks ago. The traps in the Home Alone series, they start off like that they are painful, definitely. But they get more closer to the saw the further they go. This one especially... Because, like, the one that I always look back as, well, top two, are the uh, billiard ball gun shooter that he shoots and hits him right in the head. I'm like, no, he's dead. The part when he gets dragged and they're breaking off the icicles, I'm like, that's one of the most useful weapons of all time. This kid is a fucking psychopath. Um, and if he were to grow up and become Totem Bell, I would believe it. <laughs> but you also barely got, like, anything of, like, the family, too. Like, the mom was, like, just put into, like, the things that the mom, like, was a part of. Like, you know, com- having to fight with, I'm not going to even say his name, Kevin. You have her at the airport. You have her finding out about him being left at home alone. Then her reuniting. Those are literally the only scenes that she's in. And that, to me, is just a giant crime because that chemistry and the caring for Kevin and stuff like that is what helped those movies. The the first one is a bona fide classic. Second one, it has different feelings for different people but they overall say that it's still the second best out of all of them the third the third one where they change the kid and stuff it's like okay now you're getting too complicated because you're involving spies and this kind of shit from what i from what i've heard after that those other two are pretty damn bad and this one is actually in intention with those this is the only film this year that got me so bored, so angry, so confused. And as I previously mentioned, oh, that two hundred thousand, yeah, that'll help because they also wrecked their car at one point. What the fuck do you think they have left after all this shit? So yeah, uh, and this coming from a billion dollar company. And then the other one is Warner Brothers, another pretty significant studio to put out this kind of shit is both insulting, but 
I'm also not surprised. Um, and, and I'll give Disney this. They put out something on Disney Plus as two years that have been in my top two worst movies of the year. Because last year was Artemis Fowl. Yeah. So I guess congratulations, Disney. They're doing it so well with their shows. They're like, you know, we're going to put some movies on here that I think people like. Relates to them, but... Well, and I, I think that this also was... Uh, I think it was New Line Cinema? Probably. So they, so they were going to put this in theater. Until Disney bought them out. They were like, yeah, we're going to put this on the plus. <laughs> but the fact that this went on the plus and Buzz Lightyear animated movie is actually going to theaters, that says something to me. Yeah. Okay, well, guys, uh, as you now know, apparently the two worst movies of 2021 are Home Sweet Home Alone and Halloween Kills. Oddly enough, both involve kind of gruesome-ish kind of things. Yeah, well... Actually, I, I now figured it out. Max became Michael. He just changed his name, but he didn't change the first letter. You think that was him in Halloween Kills? Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that kind of makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, you know, it starts off, you know, the whole trend is either killing animals, then going after adults... He then was put into a sane asylum, found out he had a sister named Lori, broke out, <laughs> killed, uh, what was it, like, five people on Halloween night, and got back out 40 years later. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've connected the dots here. That's why these are so bad. Um, well... Was that fun? I don't ever know because we're talking about stuff that kind of gave us a little bit of a pain. And But, you know, when we then talk about it, it's a good laugh because if we don't laugh, we cry. Much like when I watched Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> um, you have any final words for the worst of the year? Um, the pretty typical, you know, there was stuff that I uh, stupidly went out and saw that I shouldn't have, had no business seeing, and uh, I'll probably never learn. I don't think it's that you'll ever never learn, it's just, it, it, it's just what you do. Yeah. You're like, e- even though I'm not getting paid, which that turns this into actually a job. <laughs> Put myself through the tortures and the the wasted hours of my life that I could never get back. But you know, when you watch these bad ones, it makes you appreciate the good ones. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say, while as far as, in my opinion, the year as a whole, and I'm not even talking about cinema right now, was much better for me than 2020. I, I, I knew there was going to be some bad ones, and I was just mostly thankful that they had so much more good ones towards the end. And then because also, this started off rocky. You can say that none of them topped your worst of all time. So. No, that still is 2020. Yeah. One of my worst years of my life, one of the worst movies, if not worst movie I ever saw. 
and uh, guess we, we will, I would say we should send up, but we are going to then talk about our best of the year, so you'll just have to listen to that, and you'll hear the rest of this, so we will be back with our best of the year 2021. Until then, wait for that, guys, because actually some good things now on the horizon. We, as Harvey Dent, the night is only darkest before the dawn. At home sweet home alone, and Halloween kills put us in the darkest. That's right. Now it's time to see the light. See you there, guys. And hello again, Crazy Poultry Inc. This is now January 8th, as I previously stated in our... Before this, uh, we are recording separately to edit in other people's worst and best of the year, and we're going to be now going into somebody else that has now joined to give his worst, and who is that? And that is the gobbler, Damon Anderson. So, yeah, you finally have caught up with what you wanted to see, and now... Yeah, that was my big... And I still, unfortunately, you know, which you probably mentioned that, was I get to see everything I wanted to see this year. There's at least five movies that I wanted to see that I just haven't. So, if I'm missing some best movies of the year, that's why. I mean, that's what we said, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Nick and I already talked about ours as far as recording-wise. This is also the earliest session we're ever doing this, so uh, please uh, start whenever you're ready with what you feel is your top ten worst. Well, I, you know, since we discussed, we're, we're going to start with our worst. Um, and as far as worst goes, like, there was a lot of bad movies that came out this year. A lot of surprisingly bad movies this year. Well... I, I, I decided to go with my least offensive of them all that I've seen this year, and that was Spiral. Okay. Because I, I was thinking about, what, you know, I watched it, and I, I was pretty hyped up for it, but the problem with Spiral was, I mean, it was a Saw movie, so I didn't really have, honestly, had a whole lot of hopes because, let's face it, since after, like, three, they kind of just go all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of knew what I was getting into, and it, it was all right. Like, it was watchable but man it was just not good nothing really happened so that's why that's number 10 um yeah that was i'd say that was an honorable mention it, it wasn't great but it wasn't the worst. it wasn't offensive <laughs> to watch it so um and at my number nine i think i'm gonna go with uh old um because yet again another just mention for me yeah uh, the thing about old was i mean it's in my chamois you know you it's always hit or miss with him, so, I mean, the twist was okay, but, like, it was just weird. The movie kind of was all over the place, and again, like, it wasn't super offensive, but it was just, like, okay? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know, it was just, it was just definitely in the lower tier of what I've seen this year, and I know it's definitely not as good as he can do, so that's why that's number nine. Yeah, it was a very mixed bag it had things I thought were pretty cool, but then there was some really bad things. There's some good acting in it, though. I'll give them that. Like, there was some good good shots in it that I like, but overall, meh. Uh, my number eight is Thunder Force. Uh, yeah, that was high on the next list, and I 
never watched it. Um, if I'm it, not mistaken, it was a Netflix movie. Yes, it was. Um, and again, that can be good or bad, as we come to see. Um, but the thing about the movie is, again, like a lot of these movies are going to fit into this category. It's not offensive. It just wasn't good. Like you have two actresses who are actually, I think, are all right. Like, but Melissa is very talented. Yeah. When she's not working with her and husband. Then, they, they put all these, like, concepts into the movie, and, like, the movie could have been all right, actually. But you're right. When she does stuff with her husband, it just doesn't fall. Like, it just, it never hits. So that's why that fit right there. Um, and then I think I'm going to have to go with Halloween Kills. And that was my number nine, and that was Nick's number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, again, I, the only reason why it's so low is... The fact that there was a lot of really cool kills in this movie. Yeah, that's, like, that's the only reason why it was number nine for me. And I was honestly, I was with it. I was on, you know what, I looked at everybody there and said, I'm, I'm for it. Like, I'm ready because I thought they were going to do something different. I was hopeful that they were going to do something different, but no. Like, I thought it was going to be something completely, uh, yeah. But they, they just did what they were going to do. I don't think they know what they're doing. No. And honestly, I don't even think I want to watch the last one. I have to. It's just I, I, I just can't. I just have to. <laughs> so that's why that's number seven. Um, number six for me was probably Tom and Jerry. That was my number four. That was a little bit higher on the next. And I, th- I think the reason why it's been in here is because, you know, Tom and Jerry, it's... I love Tom and Jerry. The original Tom and Jerry is some of my favorite part. I remember for hours watching the cartoon. But same thing. It just didn't really... It felt like that Woody Woodpecker film. Or Yogi Bear. And those are not good. They took beloved characters and just kind of been like... Let's just make it a slapstick comedy. I mean, that's what they are. But what they do is they try to put a plot, a yeah. plot around it. Yeah, but that's the thing. is Slapstick works without a plot. It's hard to fit slapstick into a plot. Well, Stooges did it. But Stooges but is a very rare thing. Well, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I look at Stooges and Tom and Jerry as like the two pillars of you know slapstick comedy because one actually has dialogue and plot. The other one is just full on, just silent and just yeah. you know. But whenever they've been turned into a film feature thing to give them a plot, it's just doesn't yeah. need to happen and there's also just so many other things that are horrible in this uh my number five is from the delicious makers of american boogeyman ted bundy they're bringing us american boogie woman Eileen warnos talk about missing the mark <laughs> i yeah i don't know about this yeah never watched it. don't watch it because it literally you'll never learn anything about eileen warnos like they they basically heard one section of her life and was like Oh, yeah, she killed some people. She's obviously a piece of, obviously a monster. Obviously just the biggest piece of trash in the world. They took an idea from one of the things that did happen in her life for, like, two weeks and made it into a full-fledged film. It's not worth it. First off, they, they just, they miss the mark so bad. They really do. Because they make her out like she's some evil monster. And it's just like, there's a lot of reasons why Eileen did what she did and why she became what she became. And it was a very trash. She's out of all the serial killers, she's one of the more sympathetic ones, I would say. Um, she lived a very, very, very tragic life up until that point. Which, you know, I'm not saying what she did was right, but 
it's yeah and like they just both those movies are bad (laughs) but this one just really really misses the mark YouTuber that I followed, he did a video 
talking about it. He's like, yeah, he said, you look at the movies. He said, you got the first one, you got the second one, you got the face. You got the, ah, you know. The third one, you kind of got it. The fourth one, you don't got the face. Guess what? The fourth one's terrible. Let's just skip away from the face. It's gone. And this movie skipped away from the face. And it, it was just bad. It was, it was not a good Christmas movie. And I love Home Alone. One and two. And I even like the third one. But this, just, no, this one just, again, missed the mark. Oh, I don't think it missed the mark. I think, as I said, I think that they just wanted to keep the property alive. That's kind of like with, uh, I can't even think of the movie, but they made it just in spite so they could keep the property. Because it, yeah. Um, but the fact that this was released by a billion-dollar company now. Yeah. And, yeah. It's still, it's still not worth it. I feel bad for the Jojo Rabbit kid. <laughs> and again, you feel like, you know, you have... Buzz come and then you find out like he's an abuser. And it's yeah. like, oh boy! Cop had the cops called on him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the reason why that was number three. Uh, my number two was music. I never watched it. I only ever heard about it and I saw things about it. And I've I want to watch it because sometimes when they see, you know, people say, oh, this, 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 you know, like I like to give movies a chance unless they, they are so egregious that it's just like. Well, also, it's like if I hear that it's, it, it's like that bad, it's also the way like I would have to go about watching it. Yeah. It's like if it's not playing in the theater, then I don't have like a gigantic reason. But I, I couldn't even find it on streaming. Well, the, the stuff I had. The thing with this movie is, Sia should not make movies or be involved in movies. Her music, well, it's okay, but God, they, they, they take the idea and first off, they make someone like the girl. Um, I can't remember her name. Um, she's a dancer. She's on that dance mom or something. My sister watches it, but they took her took her dancing ability and it's just a giant dance film with songs from Sia to represent autism and they make this girl like she acts like it's like what's eating Gilbert Grape but like offensively like at least Leo hit the mark with what he was trying to go for she is like an offensive caricature all of it's the stereotype caricature yeah and it's not good. It's it's honestly very like if I was someone who had like a disability, I would want to attack these people because it is it is literally it is very like it is not good. It is very it is very offensive. But I, I just yeah I just really couldn't get the and the movie's bad in general. Just the, the whole idea like the story's bad. Like the plot's kind of just meh. So like that doesn't help the case. But yeah, it's definitely hit my number two. Now, now this is interesting because we're about to say number one and just to quickly go through, you have not mentioned any of these movies that were on my top ten. Which right. were, but you probably have not seen a lot of them, which were House of Gucci. No, I didn't watch that. Uh, Kingsman. Kissing the three. <laughs> I avoided that. <laughs> No, no, I have seen, remember, we talked about this. Yeah. I have watched it. I didn't put it on my top ten because I, I discussed with you about you putting it on your top ten. I was like, well, I don't even need to put it on my top ten. Uh, Matrix Resurrections. I didn't watch that either. Yeah. Uh, Remembrance. I've never even heard of that. It's a Hugh Jackman sci-fi movie. Cool. Oh, yeah. 
and it was boring as hell. Now, I don't know if I want to say this one because you've not said it. I know that you saw it, but could it be number one? So I want to see if I'm right or not. So, what is your worst? My, my number one is He's All That. Okay, that's not mine. That was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat fell in a thing. If it wasn't as violent as it was, it would have been on the list. And honestly, I probably should have put it there with a spiral. So, I'm just saying, like, I don't know, it just, 
a little so far away from the mark. And, you know, maybe it shouldn't be my number one. Maybe there's a couple that were worse, but, man, this one just hit me the wrong way. Well, and, I mean, to, to me, if I were to say anything, yeah, apparently it hit you wrong because of how you felt about She's All That. Yeah, there was a, it, it goes and, back to Space Jam and nostalgia. Yeah, and my thing is that I never even cared for She's All That. I thought the premise is kind of, kind of, not the greatest for some yeah. or anybody. In, in a I, sense, like I, I mean, yeah. I thought that not another teen movie. Actually, the parody version of this kind of pointed out why this is false. I love not another teen movie too, as well. I can't. I, yeah. I, I can't say that that's a good movie, but it's at least a kind of funny parody. As far as parody go, I mean, it's not like airplane level, but it's 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 pretty solid, you know. Um, but that's that's my that's my ten worst. Okay. Uh, so. You, Damon Gobbler Anderson's worst film of 2021 is He's All That. Uh, you have any final words for these bad movies that you saw? I mean, you know, like I said, you know, if you really want to see some good kills, maybe go watch Halloween Kills and Spiral. There is a alternate extended cut of Halloween Kills now. Oh boy. <laughs> now, now I'm like, do I need to go see that if that's any better? If I would tell you to see any of the movies on my worst list, honestly, I would probably say Halloween Kills. I prob- I had a little bit of fun in the theater watching it. Like, I probably would say House of Gucci online. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's long, but God, if you watch it like a telenovela, it's hilarious. Like the thing about Spiral was, I was literally bored halfway through the film. Yeah. Like if it probably would be that if it wasn't for the fact that it was just kind of a boring film, but yeah, Halloween Kills, you know, at least you know, and Jamie Lee Curtis, I will say, Jamie Lee Curtis is my favorite part in that film. She still plays she, Rory. She good. plays the part of being in a bed. She, well, she has passion as Rory, and I like I I love that that she still has that much passion after all these years. And is it is it passion or her just getting through it though? I don't know. I feel like she still cares about character, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, at least, like, she's more of a shining star for me, as far as, like, seeking out, maybe her daughter, um, and granddaughter, I, I think they're alright, um, but some of the surrounding characters, like, the Tommy O'Doyle, they literally, like, brought those old people back just, just to kill, kill them. them, yeah, I know, that was we just, talked about that. yeah, but yeah, that's my worst. Okay, well, uh, after this, now, we'll be right adding Damon into the best year, so we'll guess you'll see him there 